Hello and welcome to Ode to Games. I'm Kevin Van Lien, joined alongside Logan Plant. How you doing, Logan? I'm doing great. We got a lot of bummer news this week, though, Kevin. Yeah, not not a good run of news this week. Why don't we jump right into it? Probably the biggest news story of the past week is Google Stadia. It's shutting down. It's been out less yeah, than three years. And to be honest, the news didn't surprise me all that much, considering that I've heard next to nothing about Google Stadia within the last year or two. Like there like really the hasn't been anything notable was when cyberpunk was broken and stadia was the only place that cyberpunk actually worked. Oh yeah. Before they fixed it. That was the only time I'd ever heard of it in the last, <laughs> basically since launch, that was it. And when they shut down their studios. <laughs> oh yeah. There was that yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be shutting down. It's already, you already can't buy any more games on it. That's, that's already done. Uh, for people who have bought games, the 10 people that are playing their games on Stadia, you will still be able to play your games until January 18th, and then it's all going kaput. But Google Stadia is refunding both game and hardware purchases, which is wild to me, especially yeah. the hardware, like like the controller and such. Like, like the games, I feel like that's something that you kind of have to do because it's just going to be completely inaccessible. I guess they couldn't have, they could have just not done it, but uh, even the hardware too kind of caught me off guard that they were actually going to go in and just give people refunds for everything. Yeah. Is how many people out there bought like more than just one controller? I don't know. I, I guess I feel like I agree with you. I'm surprised they're refunding the hardware. I mean, it's great because yeah. it's Google and they can absolutely afford to do that. And I'm sure not the very many people out there bought a Stadia controller because you could just use like your Xbox controller on stadia so i'm sure that's a, a very low number of people that they'll be refunded Did it come but... with the the with like the packs that they had i it believe the came founders with the edition okay. where yeah, yeah i don't remember exactly what was all in that at the time but yeah there's the founders edition that came with like, like the a chromecast or something and yeah yeah something like that yeah i feel like we talked about this when this service was announced for like it's not gonna make it because google just shuts stuff down when it's not instantly profitable and here we are and that's exactly what they did and now people are passing around all these clips on the internet of oh we're very committed to stadia it's going to be around yeah. for a long time like i remember there's this one interview that jeff Keeley does and he's just like all right sure yeah and he's just like nodding his head like sure you're going to support this and you could tell he didn't believe it just from his facial expression and it's like here we are yeah it's uh, already done and that's that's the risk you run with hopping into these services especially when it comes to to cloud gaming where it entirely relies on the service to be able to access the games and yeah. good on them for refunding all of these purchases, but they could have just not like, I could see another timeline where they just don't and they yeah, shut it down too. and like, sorry guys. I mean, you hopped in and, and there you go. Sorry. All of your games are gone. Like that was always a huge concern when you're hopping mm -hmm. into this service and paying $60. This isn't even a subscription service where that that's what it should have been where you buy the subscription and then you have it until the subscription lapses. Yeah. So you didn't actually pay for any of the games outright. But when you do $60 for a service that could just shut down at any time and have the games rendered inaccessible is not, not a great proposition. Yeah. Yeah. And then like we talked about cyberpunk, that's getting the big DLC, the phantom Liberty expansion. It's like, well, Sorry if you have all your cyberpunk save data because it was broken everywhere else and you played it on Stadia. Now that's not where you'll be playing the DLC, right? So 
it sounds like some developers are trying to find workarounds to get save data onto other platforms but i mean that's that's not a guarantee for everything one of them because i don't i'm gonna i know ubisoft ubisoft was one of them okay um cyberpunk might have been okay all right well that'd be great destiny um who was playing destiny on stadia cyberpunk (laughs) as of now no (laughs) it was but it's at, at the very least bungie and ubisoft and the hitman developers are looking at trying to get people save data over to other platforms. All right. It's a little bit confusing when it's like, okay, do you have it on other platforms? Are you going to need to buy it? Are they going to give it to you? Like, yeah, it's just weird. kind of a, a whole mess. Now, yeah. uh, it was very nice that they were able to ref- that they're going to refund everybody. But a little, little scummy side note here is that for developers making games for Stadia, they were unaware of the shutdown until it was posted. So That's some so people lame. were gearing up to launch their games on stadia and that is not going to happen because people can't buy any games on it anymore like that's just all gone and they had no idea until these uh, the news broke the other day yeah that's the worst part about this right like we laugh because stadia was kind of a joke from the beginning but there's people that this was their job or that were developing games for this that now we're going to lose out on that on whatever size audience was there or some people that were developing stadia exclusives and like they shut down their own studios earlier in this whole process it's like yeah that sucks it's just kind of irresponsible to invest all this money into this project hire all these people get all these development partners and then just pull the plug with no warning like yeah there's three months warning for consumers but for people that this is part of their employment there's none like it's just done and they just have to figure out put that game somewhere else or, or how to deal with that that sunk cost that they put into creating this cloud version. Fortunately, like cloud versions are a bigger thing now, right? Like Xbox Game Pass, a ton of games have cloud. So maybe you you spin it up over there instead or something like that. But yeah, it's it just sucks. It just didn't seem like there was really much of a plan here. Like nope. it came out, there were some games on it. They paid some money for some exclusives. And that was really, really it. Like... Yeah. It didn't seem like there were any new features added or anything to try and pull people back in. The only strategy they seemed to have was let's get big titles on here that people could play elsewhere. And then their idea of trying to get homegrown developers was half-baked because they didn't even see that through. They shut that stuff down before it could even bear fruit. It, It seemed like they really had no long game here. This was launch it and hey, let's hope that it gains traction really quickly. If it doesn't, Oh, well, goodbye. Mm-hmm. Amazon Loon is next. That thing that you never I, hear about anymore <laughs> since it was announced. Yeah. <laughs> Had to pull deep into the recesses of my brain to even yeah, remember what that is. It still exists out there. It still exists yeah. out there, yeah. So rest in peace, Stadia. Not the most surprising news, but uh, kind of uh, lame nonetheless that that yeah. thing is going. Yeah. Had some decent ideas, but man, the execution was absolutely atrocious. And I think I think the thing that you learn and take away from this is that if you're going to be doing a cloud-based service like this, subscription model is the way to go. Do not do not charge people for each individual title on there. Obviously, you need to do more as well than Stadia did, but I think right out of the gate, subscription works so much better for this than paying outright for a cloud version of a game. Yeah. And they had some subscription service, but it wasn't, it was closer to like just 
games with gold than game pass where it's like every month you get a couple of games but it wasn't really the same as like our entire library is is accessible through the subscription so it was much more limited and then game pass took off wall stadia was already basically dead so they never adopted something similar yeah so rest in peace stadia so you know how we were talking, uh, we've been talking about PlayStation and remaking games. Last of Us Part 1 came out. And, uh, I can't that handle That happened. <laughs> Debatable if it really did a whole lot to update that, and that was $70. Yeah. Well, they're going back to that well again, this time with Horizon Zero Dawn, as well as a multiplayer spinoff. But let's start with, uh, with, with this remaster. It doesn't sound like it's going to be a remake, more of a remaster. This game came out in 2017, and it really seems to be just riding the coattails of the show. That was what The Last of Us Part 1 did, because the HBO show is coming out, and they're now working on a show for Horizon. And it's like, okay, we just have to pump another game out, despite the fact that the game really doesn't need it. it. It's still quite new. It's still entirely playable on on ps5 it doesn't seem like this is going to be a major overhaul to the game and are they really going to charge 70 dollars for this thing if they i don't know uh, i could see it being closer to a the ghost of tsushima director's cut or the death stranding one where that is a ps4 game and if you have the ps4 version it was like a 20 dollars upgrade to get to the ps5 one that's what ghost was but then it sold on its own in a retail copy for 70 dollars. and i I think that a it'll include like the frozen wilds right and i think i think that's what it'll be i hope that's what it is i hope it is like exactly what they did for ghost of tsushima where like a year after the game came out except it's so much later so i could see them just going the full route but i have to think that it's upgradable but then again, you would think that Last of Us Remasters would be upgradable to, or at the very one, least, it was not. A, a budget title. Yeah, mm-hmm. even even coming out for forty bucks for that, seventy dollars yeah. was ridiculous. Yeah, and then the multiplayer spinoff. So, like, yeah, there there was a bunch of interviews with with PlayStation head Herman Holst yesterday, where he was talking about how they have like twelve live service games in the works, and a bunch of them are going to use recognizable IP. We know about this rumored Horizon one now, and we know about. Uh, the last of us standalone factions and even like ghost of tsushima has its own multiplayer but i'm just they're starting to lose me kev they really are where these games are taking so long to come out that they have to plug the gaps with remakes of really five-year-old games like oh man that just there's definitely other games that they could put these resources into polishing up to putting out except for horizon but it's the hot thing because it has the sequel it has the vr game it has the show so why not just crank out the original again and then the multiplayer spinoff for horizon oh, man it's just none of it is interesting to me and it seems like they said they have like a ton of new ip in the works god when are we even going to see those because right now it's just like all right we already had the horizon for this gen now it's just time to milk the franchise until horizon 3 is ready and what six years (laughs) yeah seven years like when the heck is this thing actually going to come out and i'm not saying it should anytime soon horizon 2 was just this year but the fact that there are three projects on the books one of them's a remaster one of them's probably a live service multiplayer and the vr game looks cool right that's its own original new thing on 
brand new hardware that's going to be really hard to find. Like it's yeah, be very man. expensive too. <laughs> yeah, I, this news is just like gosh, PlayStation is just. It feels like the PS3 again. They're just making the wrong moves, and I feel like starting to lose some people. We've talked yeah, about we, we, what two weeks ago. We talked about how they're really starting to lose us, and we're definitely not alone in that. Yeah, and you look back to the PS4, and when they would bring over games like The Last of Us, it would make a little bit more sense because it wasn't backwards compatible. Now you yeah. could say like it should have been backwards compatible. PS3 had its own issues there, but now we got the PS5 where the PS4 is backwards compatible, which makes these a little bit more egregious, especially when they've been charging what they've been charging for previous titles. Yeah. And, and then it also makes the library feel a lot more bloated <laughs> because not only do you have the original version that you could play on the console, you also have a new version of the same game that you can play on the console plus the sequels as well. And you have PlayStation exclusives kind of melding together recently. And it, I don't know, it, it, it kind of feels like the PS5 library just really melds into one thing, like one type of game and two or three versions of the same game. Do you want to play the PS4 version or you want to spend more money for the PS5 version? Like it doesn't feel like it has its own identity. And I, I get that it's still a little bit early on and it took the PS4 some time to build up that sense of identity. And once it got to the second half of its life, it was rolling. Maybe the PS5 can get to that point. But where it is now, it just, there's not a whole lot going on there. And there's really not much that you couldn't get on the PS4 still. There's still not yeah. a whole lot there. Yeah. And you could lobby some of these same, same criticisms at Nintendo for the ports of its Wii U games over to Switch. But I just feel like in that case, one, it's not backwards compatible. Two, yep, 13 I mean, million PS3, people yeah. had it instead of 113 million people had the ps4 so it's like it's not like these are new games to most people like everyone knows what horizon is and had the opportunity to play it and the last of us god that game's been released three times now and then also like the last of us was just a straight visual remake yeah they tweaked the gameplay a little bit but like man there's just no new content and that's something about the best wii u ports that's like bowser's fury is just a brand new thing that made that game worth picking up and there's somewhere they didn't do that right like tropical freeze was basically a straight port that they charged more money for but still i look at this and i'm like what is the point of playing horizon zero dawn again on on ps5 it's just to bring in new people it feels like when the show comes out like oh you can pay by don't don't pay attention to this cheap twenty dollar PS4 version. Pay attention to this seventy dollar. So it's, so it's not necessarily version. about bringing people in. It's about bringing people in at the right We're price them point. Dry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh -huh. it's lame. Yeah, it's really it really lame. Does not make me excited in the slightest for <laughs> for booting up my PS5. And what's on the getting... calendar, Kevin? God of War in November, and then Spider-Man sometime next year. And that's it. That's it from PlayStation Studios, besides their VR games. That's all. And, and I don't know about you, I'm not I'm not dropping $500 plus on VR right out the gate. No, me neither. No, no way. So then there's, there's a whole set of games that are just, that I'm just not going to be able to play. I was on the fence about picking up a PSVR 2, and then they told me that my entire library of games didn't work, and I'm like, I why would I pick up this one? <laughs> like, I'm just not going to do that. 
Yeah, which which sucks. Yeah, it's yeah. uh, it's one thing after another with PlayStation. I, every week goes by, something else something else comes out where it's like, what are, what are you what are you, you doing? doing <laughs> yep. And then even Xbox to some extent, it's like, where are your first party games that you told me were going? <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little yeah. bit easier with Xbox because they have Game Pass, so you can. There's still kind of a reason to go back and play stuff on it. Yeah. Whereas with PlayStation, if there's no games coming out for it, exclusives, it just sits. It just sits on the floor. Yep. There's really not much of a reason to boot it up besides if it's your media player, which for me it is. Yep, that's where I turn it on the most these days. But that's not what it should be. I paid $500 and I'm playing for Red My Dead, PS4 could do that. PS4 game. Yeah, I'm playing Red Dead 2, which is a PS4 game. And you had a PS4 Pro, which yep. probably could have ran it just fine. <laughs> Yeah, that game doesn't have a PS5 patch. Yeah. Which is disappointing because it would look awesome if it did. I wish Rockstar had done that. They could have yeah. they could have done that. Yeah. They just don't care about Red Dead anymore because it doesn't make the same amount of money as GTA. Because the online version isn't as much of a cash cow. Yep. As GTA is. Yeah. Yeah, PlayStation not not doing a whole lot of good lately. Uh, another weird bit of news. So CD Projekt Red. Uh, <laughs> so we, we've talked about this in the past of their tendency to announce things way too early, specifically with Cyberpunk. That thing was announced, what, eight, nine, nine years before before that thing came out? Something like that? 2011? Yeah, uh -huh. So yeah. now we have CD Projekt Red announcing multiple new titles for Cyberpunk and the witcher uh yeah so we have the next cyberpunk which is codenamed orion then we have polaris which is the next installment in the witcher games and that's the beginning of a saga of games so they have polaris and then they're talking about releasing two more games after that to create yeah. a witcher trilogy and they're planning to release this over a six-year period which is um insane i don't yeah, know good luck with that Gosh. I, I, yeah <laughs> i don't know I about that i want to talk about that more when we go through the rest of the list uh so then we have another game that is going to be developed by an external studio that is headed with people who have experience on past witcher games which is a fully fledged witcher game but is separate to the three other witcher games that <laughs> that they're making mm -hmm. yep so then we have another game from a different developer that is set in the Witcher universe. Yeah. It also has multiplayer gameplay also with single player as well. And then we have an, an entirely distinct new IP. From CD Projekt Red. From, from CD Projekt yeah. Red. Yeah. What are they doing? Why did they uh, announce all of this at yeah, once? It's, it's nuts. It yeah, would have been weird enough to announce the first one because we're we're still waiting on on Cyberpunk DLC. We're still waiting on uh, next gen of Witcher, and they have nothing to show for any of these. It already would have felt weird if like, hey, here's the code name for the next Witcher game, but they go out and say, here's the code name for the trilogy of Witcher games. Also, this other yeah. Witcher game, this other Witcher game, and Cyberpunk stuff, and a new IP. That's insanity. Yeah, and uh, a little quote also at the top of this little list here is the company says it's also, quote, adding multiplayer to the majority 
of future projects. Yeah, okay, we'll see. So if you have this Witcher trilogy and they're going to make it in six years, doesn't that tell you? They're probably going to use Unreal Engine 5, right? They're probably not going to use their own engine or whatever the heck they're using. Uh, and they're it's probably all going to be in the same world, don't you think? Don't you think they're making one world that this entire trilogy is going to take place in? If they're if they're planning on releasing it over a six year span, probably. Yeah. So, I guess just set your expectations for that. That it's probably going to be the same towns and and paths and everything in in three games, which can be done some, well, like, right? Expanded sections or something, yeah. you know, like like that's what Yakuza did, and, and you love seeing how the Kamurocho yeah. changes over every game. So I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I actually think that's a very smart thing for developers to do to get games out a little bit faster. We'll see how it pans that's, out. That's not guaranteed, though. Like they, no, it's not. They might just <laughs> there's not do that. There's like no, there's like no way to me that that it wouldn't. I don't know. I don't know. I, I I can't see a world where they make three distinct worlds in six years. I also don't see a world where they use the same world and these games come out in the six year span. There's just no way. There's no way. Yeah, I. I just question why they needed to to announce all of this because yeah. we get nothing like we don't we don't know much of anything about these projects and i know that people are always chomping at the bit to know exactly where everything is heading at all times but, but really what really don't get much of anything from this we knew that we already knew that they were going to be working on another witcher project we knew that cyberpunk wasn't ending with this they want to keep on going with that and we also kind of knew that they wanted to do a third ip because they've been mm -hmm. you know gathering up some external studios to try and make everything kind of work a little bit better we, we knew all of that why did why do we need to come out and announce eight games or whatever it is because on the other hand it's like people are always asking developers to be more transparent with what they're working on but this just feels too like too far especially from a studio that we know their last game shipped broken and dealt with years of crunch. And so it's like, we don't have the most faith in this studio right now at the moment. So for them to come out and say, Oh, we're going to fix our crunch. And then a year later say, we're going to release three games in six years. Uh, it just doesn't really install confidence in them for me. And I'm sure for most people. Um, so I think there's a right way to do it where you announce kind of your future plans, maybe a little earlier than we see, which I don't even need. I just don't like when things leak. Right. Like yeah. if something doesn't leak and then they're like, Hey, Metroid dreads out in four months. I'm like, awesome. I didn't need to know about that beforehand. Um, but yeah, I don't know why they did this. I, I, I can't, I can't think of an explanation of why they did this except for like shareholders to tell them what they're working on. But like you already knew the shareholders already knew they were working on the Witcher. And I guess for me, that's enough because the Witcher three is a huge hit. So it's like, they already knew that they were working on big things, but we'll see. What do you think about series fatigue for The Witcher? Because we've got the current gen version of The Witcher 3 that's planned to come out this year. Then you have mm -hmm. this next trilogy of games that is going to be over a six-year period. So presumably one every two years. Yeah. Then you have a completely separate Witcher game. Then you have another a game in The Witcher universe with single player and multiplayer on top of it. So what is that? including the current gen version of Witcher six games. three, three, four, five, six games. Plus the TV show is still out and about. Yeah. And yeah. That's a lot. Uh, especially for huge games like the Witcher is this isn't, 
this isn't something where you just hop in and drop 20 hours and like, yeah, I'll be ready for whatever comes next. These are huge games. Yeah. I wonder if this trilogy is going to be a little shorter because like it, yeah. Like the Witcher three takes like 60 hours to beat. But if it was like final fantasy seven remake takes like 30 hours to beat. I could play one of those every two years. I think like that's a, especially because of the quality of that game is and the, the quality we know, like the Witcher is, We'll see based on what cyberpunk was. Uh, but And then I think it really depends on what these spinoff games are. Because, right. yeah. Full, I mean, you have they're, one they're where a it's... full-fledged game and a, a one with a campaign with quests and a story. But, like, if we're not, if it's not like a hack and slash RPG as a witch or if you're, like, if it's something else. Like, how, how what what's the game? Gwent? Is that the? Oh, the card game? Yeah. Yeah. Like something akin to that, where it's like something in this world, but is totally different. But then it says there's like campaigns and quests and stories and full-fledged games. So I don't know what that really means. But I think it just depends how they approach it. Because um, like I've talked about this with Zelda before. Like a Zelda thing comes out every year, but it's always so different that I don't think there's Zelda fatigue. Like Cadence of Hyrule is nothing like Breath of the Wild. So it's like, yeah, you, you play both of those and you don't feel fatigued. But if it's five witcher third person <laughs> rpgs in, in, in eight years yeah that's a little much so yeah i think it just depends what the spin-off games are like uh, cd project red is going to be keeping zach real busy yeah. <laughs> over the next however many years <laughs> yeah he's going to be going hard on all those games yep. um and then uh, let's do uh, one last downer before we get into some of the weirder or maybe a little bit better news bits. Going back to PlayStation. So we've got PlayStation Stars, uh, which has been rolling out in Japan. I, I think it's going to be rolling out soon in, yeah, uh, in other territories, other territories as well. Yeah. And it seems like if you have a higher rank in the PlayStation Stars loyalty program, you receive better customer service. <laughs> That is super lame. So you um, get like to skip the line or or how does this work, Kev? Yeah, so apparently uh, if you are in this higher tier and you contact PlayStation customer support, you will be given priority in the chat order. So presumably you just get pushed to the front of the line with the other people who have this tier. And it almost seems like it's, you know, pay to pay to receive this because it's based on games and trophies that you've earned yeah yeah that's weird that just seems totally unnecessary like i don't know that just seems really unnecessary to me yeah so to get backwards to get to this point you're required to buy four games from the playstation store and earn 128 rare trophies that's a lot apparently so a, lot. a paywall and a grind to get access to better customer support. Now, hopefully you don't need to have customer support for certain things, but you might have to. And if you're not, yeah. if you're not in this reward program, maybe it's going to be a bigger pain than it should be. Yeah, that is super bizarre. And like the people that buy that many games and earn that many trophies are kind of like the whales that aren't going anywhere, right? Like they're, they're with PlayStation. They're going to continue to buy games on PlayStation. But if someone who's on the fringes of PlayStation has like a bad customer support experience and waits for hours, like they might not come back. So that, that just seems like a weird decision to me. Yeah. I, I don't see the reason why this, this should be tied 
Yeah. Why the two things should be tied together at all. There's no reason. Like there should not be a hierarchy in customer support. It should just be try to solve your customer's problems. It shouldn't be the person who has put in the most amount of money and time should be the one that gets our support. No, definitely not. Weird. Okay. (laughs) PlayStation. What are you doing? Yeah, seriously. All right. All right. Let's get into uh, some nicer news, news stories here. We've got the Super Mario movie, Nintendo Direct. That's going to be out on what? Friday? Thursday. Uh, Thursday. Yeah. Friday for me. That's why I'm confused. It will have happened by the time (laughs) this shows up. So we shouldn't talk about it too long. Yeah. Yeah, As, as, uh, as we do usually, but alongside it, we also got the first look at a, at the poster for the movie. We've got Mario looking up. We've got a bunch of toads in presumably toad town and Mm -hmm. Peach's castle up on this massive hill and some floating islands as well. We also possibly got a leak of what Mario looks like from the front from a McDonald's ad. If that is real, it looks a little weird. Not yeah, not Sonic not like movie original design like. weird, but just a little a little off. Yeah, I don't like how he looks. I like everything else that this poster looks like, except even Mario from the back. I was like, he I really like how he looks a lot. I don't know. But I liked everything else. I like the toads. You got uh, probably, presumably the main toad voiced by Keegan-Michael Key. Or I wonder <laughs> if he's going to voice all the toads. I can that, see that happening too. That they all funny. sound the same. Yeah, uh, but the main one looks like a looks like Captain Toad, right? Like he's got yeah, the he's backpack got his on. Backpack, yeah. Uh, he's got a lantern. The only thing he's missing is the is the iconic headlamp. But he basically looks like Captain Toad, which is awesome. Uh, but I like the town looks. I like the castle sitting up on the hill. But Mario just looked weird to me from the back, even. And then seeing him from the front is like, oh god, why? Everything else looks just like the normal Mario world, and then you have that's the look you went with. We'll see. Something about his clothes. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like kind of the wrinkles and everything. I don't even know why that's weird to me, but it just. Yeah. For whatever reason, everything else looks a, a lot crisper. And then his clothes kind of stick out yeah. for some reason. That the, I'm excited the, to see the trailer, though. <laughs> I am. I think that I have not known what Nintendo thinks of this movie. Like have they seen it and they're like, oh, no. Or are they happy with it? Maybe this was a deal already set in stone beforehand, but to me, them slapping the Nintendo Direct branding on this thing tells me that they have some sort of confidence in it. Because otherwise they could just say, trailer's coming tomorrow. But no, they said, we're having a Nintendo Direct to reveal this trailer, which signals to Nintendo fans, that's an event worth watching. I feel like if they were just like, hey, trailer's coming tomorrow it wouldn't have been as big a deal as saying, hey, Nintendo Direct with the trailer reveal. So that tells me maybe Nintendo's happy with how this thing is is turning out. Yeah, because they could have just as easily done a shadow drop on on Twitter or they had it at a convention. And then they're like, oh, there it is at the convention. And then they just put the trailer up on on their YouTube page. Which is what I thought it was going to be last week. Yeah. But no, we're getting a full direct. I like how they had to say no, no game information will be featured. (laughs) (laughs) So all you people, you can't complain if this is just the Mario movie because that's all it is. Yep. There's, there is, uh, there's nothing else here. Um, So yeah, we'll be talking about that next week. Have full impressions. God, I'm excited to, uh, to see this cast. That is what I'm most excited for. So we'll be talking all about that next week. 
A game that you like, Logan, is coming to PC. Sackboy, a big Yay. adventure, is coming to PC on October 27th. PlayStation doing one thing, okay, <laughs> with some of their yeah. PC releases. Yeah, this game is so great. This was uh, in my top five games of the year for, what, 2020 when this came out? PS5 launch game. Yeah, back when I was super excited about the PS5. I, I still like it. I don't hate it. But yeah, Sackboy, Big Adventure. Awesome game. If you don't have a PlayStation, you should definitely play it. And if you do have a PlayStation and haven't played it yet, like Kevin, this game is is awesome. It is really, really good. It's basically on par with 3D World, which you just played and I did really like. So yeah, super fun multiplayer platformer. I gotta get around to it at some point. And then last little bizarre bit of news. Uh, if you subscribe to a newsletter for Sonic Frontiers, you get some shoes. Yes. You get Son Sonic Adventure 2 shoes nice. for it's Sonic. Yep. Are, are you signed up already? Or I'm not yet, but I'm going to. I'm going to. Dude, we are a month out from this oh, game. Oh, that is weird. Yeah. That's weird to think it. about. We're a month away from knowing everything. And you will Sonic be able Frontiers. to wear these shoes <laughs> when you play Sonic Frontiers. Yep. Yep. I had a, one more thing I for, I just remembered while we were recording that I wanted to talk about this week. Okay. Um, did you? What was that game called that that EA announced? Wild Hearts. Did you see the trailer for that game? It's Wild their Monster Hearts. Hunter competitor. Uh, no. There was this. There Whoa. was this big trailer for it. Like recently. Coming. Yeah, last week. Yeah, last week. It's coming from Koei uh, Tecmo and EA. Did they just drop this like randomly or yeah, was this part yeah, of the show? They were teasing it ahead of time a little bit and then they just oh. dropped it. But yeah, this is uh, from Omega Force, which uh, also works on the, they're the Dynasty Warriors studio. So they have okay. a mixed track record recently because Dynasty Warriors 9 was terrible apparently, but I really like all the Nintendo ones they've made. Strikers apparently was really good. Um, but yeah, they're making a new Monster Hunter competitor and they showed a trailer for it, and it's like three-player co-op, and it also includes building mechanics. Like, you build these, like, ancient traps uh, instead of just, like, in Monster Hunter, it's very simple. You just set a shock trap or set a pitfall trap. But in this, it's like, you build a tower and try to get the monster to ram into this tower, or you build a, a, a catapult and try to launch a, a stone onto the monster. And the monsters are much more, they look, like, yokai-ish. Like, they're very infused with nature. They look a lot more supernatural than the the beasts in monster hunter even do but looks really cool and it's coming to ps5 uh in february which is like that's, that's pretty cool soon four months yeah it's about when sunbreak's going to be wrapping up support and then it'll be like a year wait until the next monster hunter so like yeah zach and i are going to pick this game up if it's good we're going to hold out make sure that the reviews are good is. yeah but I, it, the trailer looks really really cool so that's that's one that we're excited to play on on PS5 next year. Man, that so. must not have gotten much traction. I didn't hear anything about that. Was that just in like Monster Hunter circles or something? Yeah, I like, don't know. This wasn't even a thing where like I missed the trailer, but I saw some people talking about it. I didn't see anybody talking about this. I yeah. saw more about the need for Speed League. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I didn't see many people talking about it either outside of Monster Hunter circles. But there was like an interview with the director on IGN that I read uh and uh, yeah the trailer reveal on twitter but it just looks cool it looks really cool i like the monster designs a lot i think it looks like 
different enough for Monster Hunter to have its own flavor. Like, you remember that free to play Dauntless game that was? Yeah, very I do fun? remember that. I tried that a little bit. I'm like, this just is Monster Hunter, but feels worse. Like, it doesn't feel good to play. Uh, and I'm hope I think this game looks like it'll feel good to play. They have action experience with the Warrior series, even if some of the games aren't as good as others. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. You, you get hesitant when you say EA slapped on anything, but the yeah. EA originals can be good, right? The, the, they those can be. can be good. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for this game. It can also be It Takes Two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but you could get a way out on your hands with this one. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Man, I feel like I should probably be hyping that thing up a little bit more. <laughs> I, I just, that did not even make a, a like a ripple or, yeah. or anything. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully, hopefully it starts building up a little bit more as it gets uh, closer to launch and they have more more stuff that they want to show off. Do you want to get into our O2 for this week? Yes, this is uh, Yeah, this is not tied to anything <laughs> at all, uh, which which is fine. <laughs> We've done that in the past. It doesn't always have to yep. be tied to this. We wanted to talk about motion controls this week. Uh, just motion controls in general. Where, where you started with motion controls I feel like a lot of people had that that time period where they kind of fell off on it and more so where are you at right now? And I think most people started, of course, with the Wii. That was that was where a lot of people's introduction to it was. So Logan, when when you got the Wii and kind of played that for the first time with motion controls, what 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 was the uh what was the thought on motion controls? Dude, Wii Sports is still a great game. Like that, the original is still is still a good game. Uh, I liked motion controls a lot, and I think this was the Wii was really the first time I was maybe old enough to start to notice a difference between games Nintendo published and games they did not on their own platform, right? Because they were always very I felt more nuanced with their use of the motion controls in their first party games compared to the waggle fests that were any third party game on that machine, right? Like the Rayman raving rabbits games started okay, yeah. on Wii and their motion was just like, Oh, you need to sprint. Right. Like, and then you just like go crazy with the Wii remote nunchuck and it hurts. Even Mario and Sonic, which yeah, they did that developed, too, yeah. not Nintendo that is, I hate the motion controls <laughs> in that game. But then meanwhile, in some of the Nintendo games, I think they're good. Like Wii sports resort. I also think is great. Um, I actually like using the steering wheel in Mario Kart Wii, probably because I was a kid at the time when it came out, and that's just yeah. how I played that game. But yeah, we, my family went all in. We had four of the Wii wheels, and we that's just how we played together, and I thought that was fun. Uh, but then, yeah, there's just some games that use it terribly. One third-party game that's great is Boom Blocks. I don't know if you ever played Boom Blocks. I heard about Boom Boom Blocks, but I never played it myself. (laughs) It had like Steven Spielberg's name on it. Yeah, he uh, was like he was like executive producer of Boom Blocks. Yeah, he worked on that game, and it's a really good game. It's like uh, puzzles basically, where you're throwing baseballs or bombs or different projectiles at a tower to. Like it's like kind of like Jenga. Like you want to knock certain points out without toppling the tower, or you do want to see who can topple the tower the fastest. Or there's like, oh, knock, like it'll be like a castle, and it's like you gotta knock down the door. And it's like just super cool puzzles. There were two of those games. They're both great. Like, I I don't know. You have a question on here. It's like, when did you start to hate motion controls? I never really did. Cause I always found if it was used well, I enjoyed it. But and then I started to, as I got older, knew which kind of shovelware to avoid that used <laughs> it poorly. Like we had the first carnival games. I feel like everybody had the first car. I don't think I games. Did you have that game? 
Did you I ever play say it? A friend had it. Possibly, yeah, I was going to say everybody at least knows somebody <laughs> who had carnival games. You had at that least secondhand experience. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But then at the same time, there's games where I'm like, you're, you're shoehorning this into a franchise that is better without them, right? Like Super Mario Galaxy. That's how I feel about that game. Like it would be better yeah. if I could just use a GameCube controller on that game. Uh, and and reassign like uh, spin to like Z or something like that. With the Switch version, you uh you can spin with uh with a button. Oh yeah, uh huh, yeah. Which so yeah, I'm, I'm still and then I still like motion controls today. Like on my list, I put down Splatoon. I think Splatoon is so much better with the motion control for aiming. Even Breath of the Wild, I really like aiming your arrow with the with the motion controls i i like it just for that fine tuning precision aiming um with guns and and bows and arrows and nintendo games and even skyward sword hd i thought improved them a lot from the original so yeah i'm not out on motion controls it's just it can ruin a game like it's really hit or miss for me is is how i kind of feel about them mario odyssey kind of had some weird ones where like... i liked it in odyssey i i think it worked yeah i feel like some of the moves were a little I, I, it was the one where you kind of like spun it around, like you had to spin around and then spin oh, the hat yeah. around, yeah. which, which is a really good move because yeah. it, it has a wide range. It can take out a lot of stuff. And I never felt like that was very natural to do. Like yeah. I played through that entire game and there was, a, there was never a point where I felt like, oh, I can pull this off hundred percent. Like, what do you do for that one? Is that the one where you like, like bring them both in at the same time or I don't remember how you did I that. Don't, I don't remember. I just knew that there was some motion controls or something involved with it where you had to like spin it or something. Yeah. Um, there's definitely weird uses even, even now um, for motion controls. Yeah. I started off of course with, with everyone with Wii sports and Wii sports resort. It was a great time. Like those, the motion controls in those games are still quite good and really responsive. I don't think I ever really had an issue with them. Like they always, no, they always worked great. Um, I think my issue was the fact that the Wii's entire identity was based off of the motion controls, which felt like a lot of developers would just shoehorn it in because that is the selling point of the Wii. You have the motion controls and that that's why people go in and buy it. Yeah. Whereas now you have the switch and you have gyro, but it's not, it's just kind of an extra feature. So there's not, there's not the expectation that you're yeah. going to be using it for a certain purpose. Like there are certain games where it just, it just doesn't, it just doesn't work. Right. I hate tackling with, by flicking the Wii remote and strikers charged. I hate it. I hate doing that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> when it could just be a button yeah. and super sluggers. I didn't like the super sluggers. Yeah. You had to use the, the motion controls to pitch and uh, mm -hmm. to hit. And I remember there were some times where you would like pull back to hit and the game would just think that you swung and it's like, oh, there you go. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, you gotta, yeah. gotta pull this back. So I think the state of it now, the connect was, it was the same way where the entire identity yeah. of the thing is based on the motion controls and what the connect does. There were some games where I, I had fun with it. Connect adventures, to be honest, like I had a good time with that. It didn't, it didn't last a long time. It didn't have yeah, a lot of legs, fun, yeah. mm -hmm. but for the couple of like parties and get togethers that I had it at, it was fun. It, it was mm -hmm. fun to do those mini games with people. And dance central is, is still quite a solid game.
the problem comes when the entire thing is based on motion controls and then developers have to make bigger games within the framework and it just doesn't work yeah like, yeah, Connect was uh, not great. Star Wars Connect was terrible. I had this Wipeout game. I was telling you before the show that was that, like based on the the show where they like the big red balls they go on the obstacle course, and that game was actually really good. I don't remember what it was called anymore, but yeah, the Wipeout game. The controls were <laughs> super responsive, and you just used your Xbox avatar, and it was it was it was a fun game. Yeah, I, I liked that one. Uh, and then now some of the better ones, like Beat Saber is a great VR yeah. motion control game. I feel like now a lot of motion controls exist within kind of VR. kind of turns into VR, which yeah. can do it a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a couple other from the Wii that I wanted to shout out that are awesome is WarioWare Smooth Moves. That game's awesome. Did you ever play that one? I did not. That is That one has to. different poses. And it basically, as a micro game, as a micro game is starting it will show you on the screen which pose you do. And it's like, oh, the handlebars. And then you grab the Wii remote like this or the TV remote. And then you point it at the screen. And so like, there's like 12 different styles. They call them like ancient arts or something like that. And it's presented in a really funny way. <laughs> like these ancient like cave drawings of people using this this tablet this way and, and the tablets, the Wii remote. Uh, or there's like, there's just a ton of different ones. And that game is just, yeah, WarioWare. WarioWare always uses the hardware so well, right? Like WarioWare Touched or or the, um, what's the spinning one called? Twisted, WarioWare Twisted on Game Boy Advance and Smooth Moves with the motion controls. Like such a good showcase for for what the Wii Remote could do. And then I like Link's Crossbow Training a lot. I thought that game was fun <laughs> with the Zapper. Uh, and then I like Nintendo Land and how it uses some of the motion controls. Like basically Nintendo Land's Zelda minigame brought back the sword fighting like single player campaign from Wii Sports Resort, right? Like where you're just oh, you're yeah. auto walking through yeah. levels and then you have to fight people that you get to. Like that's what the Zelda level is in that game. And it's it's super cool. But then there's just as many misses as hits. So it like Mario Sports Mix. That game sucks. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. don't like the motion control Mario parties very much. I don't like the mini games that use motion controls. Yeah, some of those weren't <laughs> some of those weren't great. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think with motion controls today, it's at a decent place with gyro. I think that gyro can work really well in certain games. And most games that use gyro give you the option to not use gyro if you want to, Yeah, which I think is good. And I think that is something that needs to be in any game that features motion controls. You need to have, especially because these consoles are not built completely around motion controls. I feel like you kind of need to have both options because some people just aren't going to vibe with it. And yep. you need you need to understand that that there's going to be a decent amount of people that just do not want to deal with motion controls at all. Um, yeah. And if and if you have that where you have a not so intrusive feature like gyro in there with the feature to turn it off and have a different mode of control, I think that I think that that's the best way to do it. Give people the option. Um, mm -hmm. But when you have a console like the Wii where the entire identity is based around it, I feel like they kind of they feel the need to shoehorn it in even when it's not necessarily uh yeah. needed um, yeah definitely yeah and so like they have... had to go they went all in for a generation but now it's at a place where it's like okay you, you scaled it back and i think you found the right balance for it yeah and then, well, then occasionally there's still the motion control focus game like rank fit adventure although that's very different and yeah, then that uses nintendo switch sports is, is yeah. just with the joy con and it's like sometimes there are these games that work but 
well, I'm just happy that the games that I felt didn't need them ever don't have them anymore. Right. Like, yeah. Like I can just control my sword in Zelda with a button again. I don't need to. <laughs> yeah. I need to swing that baby around. <laughs> yeah. And if you really want that experience, there is a game for you. Just, yep. just not the new ones. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think motion is in is in a better place than it was. Maybe at the end of the Wii's, Wii's lifespan where it's not super intrusive. It's used when it's needed. And generally, you're given the option to turn it off. I think I think that's where motion controls need to be. Yeah, because it's not it's not the selling point that it was in 2006. No, it that, is not. Uh, that, that it was yeah. back then. All right. Want to wrap it up with what we've been playing? Not not a whole lot for either of us, I don't think. No, busy all times. I've, all I've been up to is Baron Breakfast. Um, so a new update dropped today. The game still crashes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. Incredibly frustrating. I'm nearly done with it. I have a little bit left. There's a little bit left in the story and some other a couple other quests that I want to finish. And I'm planning to just go for hundred percent because I'm, I'm quite close on basically everything. Um, but yeah, I booted it up today and it gave me the prompt for the update. I'm like, Oh thank God, there it is. Because on the Twitter post that Baron breakfast had like a week ago, they were like, Oh, we have this, this patch that we've submitted to Nintendo that hopefully solves the crashing issue. I'm like, okay. Like sweet. Like that. That is my biggest issue. All the other UI stuff and all those other like weird things, like you can get around it relatively easily, but the crashes have been ridiculous. And I crashed within an hour. Like, oh man. I, I I still love Baron Breakfast. I have never had a game crash as much as this one has. Like I have played it for probably around 20 to 25 hours. I want to say I'm closing in on 15 crashes. Oh man, that's a like, lot. Like it is, it is constant and i i saw a post where they were like oh you know, it, it crashes the long it's like a memory thing the longer you play the more the more chance there is that it's going to crash but mm -hmm. i don't even know if i believe that because i don't think i played for more than an hour and i crashed you shouldn't need to shut the game off and then turn it back yeah. on every yeah. hour uh, to avoid the crashes and there's just other other weird things where it makes it makes it really hard to uh, to recommend it in its current state. Another one that I don't think has been fixed yet. You can't you can't really put the game into sleep mode. If you put it into sleep mode and come back to it, the sound doesn't work anymore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you it's have weird. to shut the game off and, and, and uh, go back into it again. Like there's just these weird things that just make playing the game more annoying than it has to be. Like, like when it's, man, is it frustrating when I've like built out an entire top floor and then I go and start to do something else and the game crashes and I realize that it auto saved right before I did all of that stuff. Like, oh, oh. I got, I got to do all that again. Yeah. Like, oh. yeah. It, it sucks because when you're actually playing the game, it's super fun. And even after all the crashes, I hop back in and I keep playing, but for someone who is not as into the gameplay loop as I am, please hold off until there are some patches to at least fix the crashes and, you know, like the, the putting it into rest mode issues. Um, yeah. Because that stuff I think would turn away <laughs> most players that, that aren't me. If you're yeah. getting crashes nearly every hour. 
Yeah, that's too much. I wouldn't be able to. I yeah. wouldn't be able to hold on. <laughs> so hopefully they can get some patches out within the next month and, at the very least, fix those, you know, like just bare minimum issues, and then that can all be good. People can go in and play, and then they can work on some of the other features that they want to add um, because it's frustrating sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's it. Uh, what have you been up to? Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon, and I am not going to finish it. I've abandoned oh, really? this game after How far my did last you get? play session. Uh, halfway through the second mansion, I think. How many mansions I think are there? Five mansions. Five? Oh, okay. It's so just not... not worth it. It's just not worth the time, honestly. I, I love Luigi's Mansion 3, right? That is like, it got second on my game of the year list in 2019. Great that game. game is still amazing. And then I played the original, the 3DS remake. It's a great game. I really like how small and self-contained it is. Uh, you just explore this this one mansion. And then, yeah, I really like a lot of the boss design and having to figure out some of the ways you beat them is super interesting. Luigi's Mansion 2 just has none of the qualities from the first or the third that I like. Because the third is cool because it's like, man, what am I going to see next, right? And it's just a gorgeous game too. And it's like, oh, this now you're on the Hollywood Hotel level. Now you're on the like... Uh, overgrown level now you're in a pirate ship now it's a pyramid like they just went crazy with it and one is cool because it just really leaves you to figure everything out on your own two takes place in pretty bland mansions and egad calls you every two minutes it's just that nintendo era where they would like dream mario and luigi dream team right had the same problem a couple other games in this era the early 3ds and the wii u era nintendo was just holding your hand in every game they released and this one suffers from it. And I never really knew that before, but yeah, EGAD will be like, Oh, you found that key. Okay. Come on back to my lab and we'll look at the key. And then you get sent back into the mansion and you have to go through the same rooms you've been through before. And it just doesn't feel organic. It just feels like a checklist almost. And just like, gosh, and then you get pulled out of the mansion, thrown back in. Yeah. It's not good. It is not a good game to me. <laughs> Glad I picked that up yeah. <laughs> as part of my 3ds. It's nice to have, yeah, uh, uh -huh. to have all three. Yeah. But that is that is disappointing that's that's the same sentiment that i've heard from from other people too is that mm. especially when you put it next to luigi's mansion one and three it just feels very out of place with the style of game that it is yeah 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 i really really dislike it the more i play on i'm like wow this is not good every every mission i do i'm like maybe this will get better and then it is not it does not. <laughs> and it's fine to abandon games. Yep, you give I'm it done. some time. If it's not clicking and if it's not getting any better, uh, yeah, please drop it and play something that is more worth your time that you'll have more fun playing. Yep. Yep. So I didn't, I, I was uh, gone all weekend from like Thursday through Monday. So I didn't have my switch with me. So that's big things were happening in the non-gaming world. So thing, been, thing, very, very big things. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to get back into some Xenoblade this week yeah. and some All Splatoon right. stuff. Back to the basics. Back, yeah. Back to what I've been doing. I mean, I think yeah. that's what this this section is going to be for the near future. I'm going to finish Baron Breakfast here soon, and then I'll be back to Xenoblade, and it's just going to yeah. be, oh, where are you at? I'm at this point. Oh, cool. I'll be getting the Xenoblade soon. crashed. It oh, crashed did it? it just really? Bounced. Yep. Yeah. And for really seemingly no reason. I was just... Walking around, I had just beaten um, one of the, not the elite bosses that leaves a grave, but uh, the blue numbered ones. So kind of like, like the the rare difficult think, ones or whatever. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah, I just beat one of those. It gave me my XP bonus. I picked everything up. 
I was just walking up this hill and then it was just like, it just froze for three seconds. And I'm like, is this just stuttering? And then it was like, we have to close the software. I'm like, okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll take your I, word for it. <laughs> I had just auto-saved right like two minutes before this. So I just refought that thing and I was back where I was. And oh, that's I cool. haven't had that since. And that was like six hours ago. So, but only the one time. Not as consistent yeah. as, as no. bear and breakfast is. <laughs> no. No, within yeah. every hour. Yeah, when I'm when I'm playing, because because the game kind of stutters a little bit when it's doing uh-huh. the autosave, but it also kind of does that because it'll freeze before it crashes. So with most of the autosaves, I'm like, oh 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 oh, we're good. Okay, okay. <laughs> it was just an autosave. That's funny. <laughs> I I didn't crash, and then it's also like, oh, thank God it autosaved because if it'll crash in like another minute, like, oh, there we go, yeah. back back to the autosave. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, God, they got to get patches out for that. All right. Any final thoughts? So we're, we're, we're at the end of the episode. Go Mariners. Go M's. Go M's. <laughs> Entirely uh, non-game related. Not true. Uh, Nintendo used to own them and you could bring your DS to the ballpark and order food and watch like the pitch tracker on your DSi. Did you ever do that? Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah, I did do that. You could check out DSs too, and briefly for 3DSs, but it was shortly after the 3DS came out that they abandoned that Because software. it's like, oh, wait a minute. People got phones now. Yeah. <laughs> so uh-huh. they, yeah. yeah. I can't remember it if I did cool, that though. or not. It was cool. I might have. And they still but. have that Nintendo ad behind the plate, including the most recent render of Mario holding a baseball bat. And I'm like, okay, I know it's just because this is a baseball game, but... Please let this mean something. Please, like next year, announce the new game. Like that's why. That's why they made that render. (laughs) I know that's not the case. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. God, I want a new Mario baseball game. Me too. Be be so good. That'd be (laughs) what a big brain play if if that was kind of like the the little (laughs) bit before they announced it. Like, oh, did you notice that at Mariners home games we had this render? I noticed making a new game. I <laughs> the one fan. Yep. All right. That's going to do it for us on this week's episode of Ode to Games. Check back in next week. Should be a fun one talking about the Mario, Mario movie, getting to hear that whole cast. Oh, man. That's going to be fun. We'll be talking about that next week. We're here on Thursdays or Fridays, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, other podcast streaming services that you may use on YouTube. Add Ode to Games has the video version of the podcast, so you can check that out there. We're on Twitter at Ode to Games. You can send an email to odegamescast at gmail.com. For Logan, I'm Kevin. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next week.